Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. I'm Andy Simon. I'm your host and your guide. And as you know, my job is to help you get off the brink. I don't want you to get stuck or stalled or not be able to continue to grow personally or professionally or in your business. So who do I have here today? Remember, I go looking for people who can help you see things through a fresh lens. His, His Excellence Ambassador Terry Earthwin Nichols. Now, Terry and I met through Peter Winnick's wonderful thought leader group. Terry is an extraordinary thought leader among the top of the top. And he's graced our our video and our audio today with some really wonderful insights about the changes he's seeing all around us. Now, as you know, as we're coming out of this pandemic, and I know we'll come out of it, we're all learning to live in a different way. The businesses we're working with, but what we see going on is they're all trying to rethink how they run their business. What is a culture? What is a culture? You know, how do we manage, evaluate? How do we reward or evaluate remote workers? Is it by output or outcome or time spent? Everything is in flux. Humans hate that. If you haven't noticed, we want certainty, but you don't have it. You never have it. But we're going to talk today about what Terry is seeing what I'm seeing, and what you should be looking at so you can see through a fresh lens how to rethink your own life and those in your business and those all around you. Terry, thank you for joining me. Thank you for bringing me in, Andy. This is a terrific follow-up from great conversations we've had over the last couple of years. So yes, I'm glad to be here. Now, I could read Terry's bio, but I want him to share with you his bio. Because his journey has been an interesting one. Navy, all the world his work is doing, he's going to Nigeria. He's got a really rich life. Let him share it with you, please. Who is Terry Earthwind Nichols? And, and, and then we'll talk all about what you want to share today about consortiums, because it's exciting stuff. Yes. Well, uh, the name starts out to be a uh, kind of interest. I was... Uh, uh, born in uh, Western uh, Montana and gr- raised in uh, the Rocky Mountains, uh, mountain boy, run up and down sides of mountains and those kinds of things. And I was raised to believe I was a fourth generation Irish American white boy. And it wasn't until I was 46 years old that I found out I'm Native American. And uh, so I contacted my my tribe and uh, connected with them and they gave me the tribal name Earthwind, which is Gado Onule, which means his breath across the earth, because they knew that a lot of my journey in, in life and what I'm doing uh, with my companies um, has to do with a lot of world travel. And so uh, Earthwind uh, was the name they, they gave me. And that works really well for branding and otherwise, because uh, if you were to Google Terry Nichols, you get about 17,000 in North America alone. That's a lot of Terry Nichols. A lot of Irish American. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and you know, Terry Earthwind Nichols, you get my companies, my social media, YouTube, you know, pod, podcasts, whatever. Um, and there's only one in the world. So that works out very well for me. And uh, for you numerology people, uh, it's a prime, uh, all of my variables of my name come out to the prime number of eight, infinity. So uh, I keep going and going and going, kind of like the energy, uh, the ever-ready bunny from back in the late last century. 
<laughs> the energizer. Well, you are an energizer, buddy. Um, where, you know, over your journey, though, you've had a number of very important, um, I'll say catalytic moments as your career has developed. I like catalytic moments. I'm a believer in serendipity. So, Infinity, sir, tell us a little bit about that journey so that people can really appreciate the wisdom that you're going to bring them. Well, I'm one of those people that walks into a room and unconsciously people are drawn to me, particularly the leadership who may be in the room. Uh, that happened to me many times uh, in foreign ports and foreign countries. We, I would be part of that delegation from my Navy ship to uh, a, a welcoming of some sort. And invariably, the military commander uh, of the whole area would end up talking to me for half an hour or more uh, and talking to my seniors uh, a couple of minutes, and that was it. And so uh, that's happened uh, a lot to me in my life. And uh, I loved my, my 20 years as a Navy man because I got to see a lot of the world and meet a lot of very, very interesting people. And now I'm, I'm out. I've had many jobs and many careers. And um, all of that has served me to what I'm doing right now. And that's speaking on the world stage about many things, thought leadership being a primary one. And I'm mentoring some very high-level uh, executives from around the world with all of that experience and my journey uh, in life. And uh, uh, at 69 years old, I am having the best time. Even COVID, you know, uh, yes, I love speaking on the stage, but I've, I've spoken to a thousand or more people right here online. So uh, that continues as well. It's been a wonderful life and, and I look to uh, even more things coming in the future. Well, it has been, and I agree with you. Uh, COVID has, um, for those of us who adapt well, um, we found all kinds of new value and, and roles to play. But you have your eighth book coming together. And I was very interested in how you were developing it. And tell the listeners a little bit more about the seven books, because they seem to have all built on each other. And then we'll talk about this eighth one, because it's about consortium. And I'm uh, writing my third book, and we're focusing on how collaboration has become so essential uh, for people to run good business, but also to build a good society. Um, tell us about your books, all seven of them, and then we'll talk about the eighth. Well, um, the first two books uh, are about my journey in life. Um, my Facebook friends, my social media friends, have all encouraged me. You got to write this down. You got one interesting story. So uh, I'm writing 13 volumes, which will ultimately become a biography, probably. Um, in 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 the light that uh, each book is a chapter of the big book, so that when we get all 13 of them done in Native America, 13 is a lucky number, not an unlucky number. And so 13 13 books, 13 chapters. One, one result. And then uh, my wife and business partner and I have written two books about what we teach people. Uh, uh, involve your business, uh, things that, uh, that are very important for people who are, have started up 
a business and now they want to take themselves up to that next level. This is great information. Teachings from the Fire is a little bit of Native America again, where um, we put some basic teachings together for, for life and for career, things to think about at different points as you, as you journey in life. Uh, this one all the way up here in, in the corner up there uh, is a compilation of my poems and quotes that, that people love. I, I put a book out just for that. And Andy and I, as she mentioned earlier, Peter Winnick's uh, uh, wonderful group, a number of us in that group put uh, oops, wrong one. Yeah, put this compilation book together about how to hire and how to get, how to look for people in the, in the 2020s. You know, everything's changed. And from that, I've taken my teachings in business uh, for my mentees and my and my coaching clients. Uh, and and creating, I'm writing the book number eight right now, which is Consortium, the new business model for the 21st century. So Consortium is a coming together uh, with other people, other thoughts and, and collaborating with each other to create uh, a non-competitive, collaborative uh, business environment. So the business uh, across the streets, no longer competition, your partners in, in service to the community, changes the mindset, everything changes. So what is consortium really basically does is, well, ladies and gentlemen, think for a moment, the last time you really achieved something, how good did you feel? Mm -hmm. How bad did you want to do that again? You wanted to repeat that feeling. And if you did it in a company or in a group of people, you want to connect with those people again and, and do it again. So if your company that you work for becomes people-centric and not resource-centric, mm -hmm. so we're throwing out the words human resources and making it people-centric and the people place to, to go to get your records, you become part of a vision of a company that is not connected to timelines and goals. Timelines and goals under the old business model made it very ripe to make liars out of people, to, to make dishonest people out of, out of honest people. And let's face it, we've all missed goals over and over and over again, and you get very deflated and burned out. But if you take away those uh, metrics in the business model, and you build in a set of achievable stops along the way to get to a vision that you all share, here's, the, here's what happens. People who shave regularly, they don't get sick. They live a, high, a healthy lifestyle. They're happy at home and at work. Therefore, they don't burn out. Mm -hmm. and, and people who are happy and can't wait to get to work do exactly that. So work from home is not as important anymore as getting back with the team and, and doing the next achievement. So people don't leave those companies. Great resignation kind of nullifies itself when you have a company like the Virgin Group. You know, uh, they do it right. Take care of your employees. They'll take care of your clients. Yeah. Right. And they do it every time. He's like the Midas touch. Uh, Richard Branson, Sir Richard is Midas touch. Anything he does, it rolls. 
because he's got that mindset. Take care of the people, hire good people, hire for brains, not for models, right? Not a good old boy network or anything like that. Diversity and those kinds of things are not really as important in Virgin Group as as brains, people who can contribute to a whole, who are going to be happy and, and, and well taken care of, and they'll take care of their people. So that's a great model right there for that. So that, uh, Andy, is where Consortium has come from. And it, it, it's going to move to the fore here uh, rather quickly, I believe. You know, though, uh, the human being, people, hate to change. Their mind creates all kinds of wonderful cortisol. The amygdala likes to hijack the new. And even as you're speaking, I find myself saying to myself, well, yes, but. And mm, the intrinsic motivations, when you talk about Richard Branson and tying, finding the right people, there's wonderful research that's out there about if you make it playful, people love to come and uh, have fun with their work. If you en engage them, you know, Google's 20%. You have 20% of your time, you can do anything you want. And some of its best ideas have come out of those 20%. Um, there's a company in Australia, Alsatian, I think it is, that gives people um, a day, a month to do whatever it wants. It's called the FedEx day. And the only thing is they have to bring a new idea back that day. It has to be delivered on that day. Uh, I think they're abusing the FedEx part, but they have a model to it. All these kinds of things are important. You, you made a mention about whether remote was good or bad or coming back into the office. And I have a bias and that is, I, I think people have a choice where they want to work. The question is, what do you want them to do? And the problem isn't the workspace or how they collaborate or gather. It's the enabling them to add value to whatever it is you'd like to do. We have a wonderful client for five years now, and all 70 of their employees are remote. And some of them want to come back and some don't. But it's irrelevant. The question is, how do we help you get the job done? however you'd like to work. Isn't that a wonderful, mature opportunity in this day of technology? But the word consortium is a very powerful one, and I don't want to lose its impact because um, you're not simply saying collaborate. You're saying, which I think is extremely powerful right now, it's not coordinate, it's not command and control, it's, it's how do you gather the resources and let them work on it. Um, but it also requires new ways of organizing. Any thoughts about the consortium organization? Very good. Very good point. Uh, when you have a consortium, you have a mixture of experience, model sets, um, um, mindsets, where uh, you bring in, uh, you know, sports, sports people love the, the analogy, you bring in your team and you build a team that's, that's dedicated to each other. And the result of that dedication is winning. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens if you take out the, the need to win and you leave in the best players? The mm -hmm. best players will win because they take care of each other. They respect each other and they can't wait to work with each other remotely or otherwise, because a lot of what we do is on a computer screen anyway. OK, a desktop model of some sort. So. Uh, both uh, a in-office and remote uh, combination is, is perfectly fine. Uh, the concept in, uh, in Australia, I think, is, is an excellent one. Um, and, and 
The consortium of people that we have for, for our consortium division at, at Evolutionary Healer, we are, we are working uh, to work with uh, global Fortune 500 companies where we, uh, depending on the type of industry of the company, let's say it's a bank. I love to use a bank analogy. I bring in uh, three, uh, sometimes four, including myself, um, world-renowned experts, specialists in the banking and financial industry to go to work for this corporation or work with them for three years, mm -hmm. okay? And then we bring in specialists that are needed as we progress through the three years to do uh, something with chief experience officer, for instance, we bring in somebody, uh, I have somebody that's really incredible out of Germany uh, who, who does experience. And they work with that person and their part of that corp corporate world until whatever we brought them in for is completed. And then they leave. They're not there for three years. Okay. So we're, we get this collaboration of brains to step in and work with the leadership, the apex level of the leadership of the corporation, and then show them how to take it to their people so their people can actually do the work. Because yeah. there's, there's not complete buy-in for uh, an office full of uh, outsiders coming in and consulting and telling people what to do. Mm. However, you create a consortium of, of your people to create a vision for themselves in their division or whatever it is, and then build in achievements with somebody who comes in once in a while and asks some, answers some questions that they may have, and then takes off yeah. and allows them to create this achievable vision that they're doing. Powerful. And that's a consortium more than anything else. The well, word collaboration is, is, is a basic, but yeah. it's not necessary to have all the time. You don't have to sit all the players down every time to have a meeting. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization, who's looking to rethink their own life's journey. Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com, and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books, and you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. 
We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves. Very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. Okay, you have so. three thoughts there I'd like to emphasize for the listeners or the viewers. Well, one of which is the word vision. I always use the word visualization. The way the mind works is that it's, we're futurists. And if I can't visualize where we're going, which is exactly the problem you're trying to address with your team, I can't do it today. So, you know, Martin Seligman's work on homo prospectus, we're visionaries, but we're futurists. So we're trying to craft something that we can uh, see and feel that feels normal-ish while I'm leaving what I used to have. My, uh, my, my shiny object syndrome holds me tight to my past and I'm trying to come to the new, but if I can't see the new, I don't know how to let like, go. Oh. So the first part of your, of, your, of your insights that you're sharing is that you're going to have to see this in some fashion. And the experts you're bringing uh, can't tell you it. They have to help you experience it. We learn through experiential learning. The more we experience it, the better it is. The second thing is that um, my, one, of the, one of the chapters in my new book, Rethink, uh, Andy Kramer, was on the compensation committee of her law firm. And she was fascinated by the reviews. The guys all wrote reviews that told the story of how they had climbed the Empire State Building to save the damsel in distress and save the company $500 million loss. The women all wrote stories about how they worked together as a team and they never saved any damsel in distress, but they saved a customer from ever having a $500 million loss. And the two became and really insightful for how men and women see things. Of course, the guys got promoted and got the raises and got the partnerships and the women kept their jobs. The value of collaboration and teamwork and women doing it was not valued to the same degree as the heroic story of the individual rising to the top. And I have a hunch that some of this is weaving through the work you're doing as well, because you said it quite well. You bring in the experts to provide subject matter expertise, but you have to enable the folks inside to begin to see things, feel them, and then think about them. You smiled at me. Am I correct? You're seeing the same things. Spot on, Andy. Spot on. Hmm. Creating a vision on the horizon ahead of you and a roadway to get there, okay, Every day, every way, you see the vision. Yes. Okay. And future is a vision oriented. Okay. And so every person, let's use a bank again. The bank teller at the drive up uh, window of, of a little bank branch in blah, 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 USA, sees the same vision as the chairman of the board. Mm hmm. And when they come in every day, every place they look is the vision, the visual of the vision. Yes. Not the statistics, not the missed goals, none of that. Yeah. But the vision of the company that every player shares equally. Yep. Right. And and when... Uh, well, let's use the bank teller again. The bank, bank teller comes up with an incredible idea to save money or per, perhaps create a new revenue stream. That should mean something to the corporation, big time. So let's say, and I'm teaching this to, to some of my clients, is 
the highest level that, that's possible comes down when you accept that bank teller's idea of savings, cost savings, whatever it is, mm. what it represents in revenue for the first year, they get a percentage of it in a check. Wow. And whenever possible, the highest level executive that can possibly come and do that shows up in person to give them that check. Mm-hmm. Now, if let's use, okay, Bank of America, pretty big place. If the Brian Monahan shows up at, at ABC Bank Branch out in the middle of America to award a many thousand dollar check because what they come that little person came up with uh, made some serious money in the in the corporation. That kid's world has changed forever. Yes, and everybody else in that bank branch will never slow down again. 20 years from now, they'll still be going as fast as they can because they believe in the vision. Powerful. Okay. The great resignation doesn't count for people who have companies who are running companies where they really care about the people and allow the people to take care of everybody else and the customers. This is the future. People out there right now, they're not going to go back to work for the, for those old companies that, that have leadership that 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 can't lead. They're, they're not supposed to be in charge of the coffee uh, area, and here they are running fifty people. Well, so, you know, you're, you're, but you're also raising a big word, lead. What's a leader today? And you know, I'm watching uh, some of my clients go through that great transformation with a command and control leader is turning into, they don't quite know how, into an enabler, a facilitator, a trainer, a developer, a a person who can see opportunities and help you get there, but not tell you how to. And that is requires very different skills, conversations. And as you know, all day is a conversation. So the conversations they have have to shift. Do you have any special ways that you help them change those conversations? Because, you know, even at, um, I was a banker for 15 years. And I was an executive in a savings bank and a commercial bank, and we were changing them. And man, we were on the floor all the time supporting the changes. Because if we stayed in our top offices somewhere and and didn't show up, it couldn't have been important. And if you didn't celebrate, we know the mind only remembers what you celebrate. So some wisdom to share. Train your relief. Train your replacement. Uh, Ah, that's a good idea. In my years, uh, even as a young man in the Navy, I had mentors. People saw what I couldn't see in me and uh, approached me and and asked me if it was all right if they uh, prepared me for the future because they could see great things in me and they wanted to make sure that I could could accomplish those things. that's what a leader does today. It's yeah. not about sitting at your desk, counting numbers and seeing what has to change or what can change to make this month's goals. They're out there walking around, management by walking around. Remember that back in the now 1980s? I do. Yes. You know, it's still around, touch people, walk around, touch people. You don't have to physically touch them. You can talk to them and touch them deep in their heart and their soul sure. because you have recognized them as a real person. Yeah. Not as not as slave labor, okay. Not a means to my next bonus. Yep. You'll get your bonus. That's not what it's all about. It's it's taking people 
who could be in any kind of job, pushing a broom, it could be anything, yes. who have an, something about them that is not dangerous to you. They're not gonna, you're not going to train them to replace your job, or maybe you are. <laughs> because if, if you train them to replace you, then you're going up. Because all of these people are raising you. So you're going up. You're not going to lose your job. You're going to the next job. Well, that mentality of I don't want to train anybody to do my work because they'll take my job and I'll be unemployed. That mentality is gone. Yes, you are right. The future is now. The future is the young people because they have learned to be multiplistic and think multiplistic, whereas my age group, we didn't do that. It was A, B, C, D, E, F, G, two plus two is four. This is where we're gonna linearly move things. These guys are multitaskers. They think of 30 things at a time. And you get, as leaders and, and supervisors, get to stop and really think about and listen to these people because their ideas is the future of your company. That's right. Okay. They are the future, not us. My last thought, and then we'll wrap up. Um, Terry, she just said something important. Listen, but don't already have the answer in your head. Um, Sometimes I have to do that when I'm doing my podcast. Listen, listen carefully. Listen to Terry, because you are going to hear things that are going to help your own story change. So a little storytelling. We live the story in our head. And when you have it in there, it won't change unless they experience or hear something new that begins to transform it in some way. So my hope is that for our audience, listeners and viewers, as you listen to Terry, think about how his story is changing your story. Because he's saying the past was, the future is here, but it's still all developing. And together we can go farther, faster than we could alone, In an old world where you waited for people to finish things and reward them, pay them, and they never got to where they wanted, and then they got angry, they had a 3% raise. Well, what are we working for? Yes, we work to make a living, but we also live to work, although some of us do. Now, the question is, if they'd like to buy your books, Terry, um, where can they buy them? And then a couple of things you don't want them to forget. I always like to leave with one or two things that are important for them to remember. Well, one, very important. Always listen to understand, not to respond. Yes, I love that. Listen to understand. And, yes. Yeah. And if you can be anything, be kind. Ah. It will come back to you. Whatever <laughs> you send out in energy, good or bad, positive or negative, will come back at you, multiply. Uh. So start with yourself. This is not being selfish. Start with yourself. Being okay and present with yourself. Yes. And then when you give a compliment or something to somebody, it's genuine. Yep. The future of business is all about honesty and integrity. It's nothing to do with, can I get you a sale? It's, can we be friends? Because over the next 20 years, I know I'm going to get a lot of business from you and that's okay, but I'm going to have a great friend. Yes. Right. That's empowering, very much empowering. So that's what I would leave. Now, as far as my books, they're all on Amazon. Again, Terry Earthwind Nichols, and you get all of me. So uh, that's always important as well. Your legacy has given you a unique position in life. And I think it's been a fabulous day talking about things that matter to both of us, different ways, but very much aligned around how do we help people? And I say these words carefully, you have to see it, 
feel it, then think about it, and then do it. And so the question really is, how do I help you see, feel, and think so you can then do things with new vigor? Part of the changes that are happening that frightened everybody is they're unfamiliar with them. And so it's like being dropped in a foreign country without a language to speak. But we figured it out, some better than others. Now the question, as we continue to change, the speed of change is not slowing down. It's a fast changing times and you're going to have to lead differently, build a different kind of business. All those people resigning are opening up their own business. No, 13 million women own business today, 40% of the businesses in the U.S., and they're all bringing new expertise out into the market. And there's a whole lot of new ways of helping each other, buying from each other, developing each other. So these are great times for thinking about we, not I, and about thinking about where we're going uh, together as opposed to myself. So with that in mind, I will do one bragging. I have two books that I hope you get because they'll help you see, feel, and think in new ways. My first book, On the Brink, is an award winner, bestseller, and it's just a great way to see how companies have changed using a little anthropology. Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business is exactly one year old, and it has done extremely well. And we're now building my second big event, May the um, 4th which is Rethinking Women. And we're not quite sure what the subtitle is, but we're playing around with trends and insights and transformation because what we're watching is women are changing and the world they're in is changing too. Can we help it move faster, further together? On that note, I hope it's been a great day for you. I hope you please stay healthy and happy. Um, Terry said, be kind. If you know anything about the science of well-being, kindness is extremely powerful to make you feel better. So be kind, be grateful, and say thank you, Terry. I'm glad you came today. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye now.